Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Q&A podcast. This is episode 13. My name is Anthony, sitting right across from me as always. It's my pal DeQuincy. Yo. And we're doing part three of our uh, football NFL preview. Today we're looking at the NFC West. Is that right? Yeah, we hit him with the okey-doke. Last episode I think we said we are going to go to the NFC South. We decided to go to the West instead. Got to live a little sometimes, right? Yeah, don't trust us. We'll always mess you, mess you up. Are you ready? Whenever you are, man. All right, we're going to start with, again, alphabetical order, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Last year, the Cardinals finished 10-6 and six and gained the greatest, the great title of being the best team to not make the playoffs. <laughs> um, uh, in the offseason, they re-signed their quarterback, uh, Patrick Peterson, to a five-year deal. With a lot of money, uh, agreed to terms with cornerback uh, Antonio Cromari, he of the I can't remember my seven kids' names. And counting. And counting. Um, what else did they do? Well, the biggest thing that happened to them just happened a couple of days ago. Uh, their defensive tackle, Darnell Dockett, tore his ACL. He was just put an injured reserve today. Big blow to their defense. Big blow. Well, yeah, that's. Uh, I heard about that, and man. You had to at first. You had to really like that defense and, and like what they were doing, working with, and uh, to have a guy like that go out for the years, man. It's pretty tough to. It's a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about their offense first. Last year, the Cardinals were 13th in passing yards, 250 a game, 23rd in rushing yards at 96 a game. Um, you okay with there, buddy? Yeah. All right, just making sure. I'll wander away right there. Um, let's talk about their offense. Start with Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer hasn't been the same physically ever since he um, tore his knee in that playoff game for the Bengals against the um, Steelers. Jeez, that was what? Eight four years? years? It's Eight been, years? It's been more than four years because that's the last. That's like. Before yeah. they got Andy Dalton, that's been six, seven years ago. I know because you mentioned the Bengals and Carson Palmer. It's like, good lord, that was back in the Ocho Cinco days. And there he's with the Cardinals. He's with the sorry, <laughs> with the uh, I just forgot the name. Raiders. Bengals for a couple years, oh. then he retired and then went to the Raiders and now he's with the Cardinals. He's a starting quarterback. That's all I can say. <laughs> that's about it. An old um, starting quarterback. Wide receivers Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd. Forgot to miss they also uh, signed Ted Ginn Jr. in the offseason. Uh, so the receivers, pretty good. Especially when you have Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he is slowing down. He's 32, I believe. Right. But uh, Floyd's, what, in his second or third year now? This is his second year. Second year? Mm-hmm. Um, and they got him to succeed, Larry Fitzgerald, without a doubt. Um when you add a guy like Ted Ginn Jr., he's still young enough, and he's been in big game situations in the past with the 49ers, mm-hmm. right? So that's a pretty solid receiving core. I mean, most I don't know too many teams that have three, you know, legitimate receivers on their team. Uh, at running back, they have Andre Ellington. Uh, this is his second year. Really came on last year as being. Um, Run back on my fantasy team. <laughs> um, anything you want to say about him? 
No, I, I really didn't catch on to him until after you picked him up for your fantasy team. So fantasy. I missed out. On, I missed the boat on him. All right. So I like their offense. It's just their their offensive line has a problem giving up sacks. And when you have someone who is not fleet of foot like Carson Palmer is, that's an issue. It's weird because it seems like everywhere he's gone, he's had that problem. Or he picks bad offensive lines and he gets knocked around. Yeah. you got to think, a guy like that who has a good arm, I mean, he's a, don't get me wrong, he's a long, long time ago, but he was at one point a Heisman winning quarterback in college. Um, has good instincts for the game. He just doesn't have the protection necessary to succeed. It it's just seemed like his whole career has been that story arc. Yeah. Poor guy. He got hurt. Like we said, he got hurt. And he, that was the same. Um, let's go to the defensive side. Without Darnell Dockett, Dan Williams is their new starting nose tackle. I have no idea about him. They have one guy on the team, the right defensive end, has one of the best names in all football, Frosty Rucker. All in on Frosty. That's a real name? Frosty Rucker. All in. <laughs> um they signed John, uh, re-signed John Abraham, who, even though he's in his early to mid thirty, I think he's 32 or 34, he's been a, it, he's had like a uh, second life at defensively. He's got double-digit sacks three out of the last four years. Um, Larry Foote, I don't remember him because he was on the Steelers. Patrick Peterson, probably, oh, what would you rank him? Second best cornerback? 1A or 1B, really. Uh, right with Sherman and uh, Joe Hayden. Uh, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, coming back from his ACL blowout last year. He was playing safety. He was having a pretty good season to start. Yeah, he was kind of, until he got hurt, he was he was great for this team. Uh, I forgot to mention, their defense, 14th in opponents passing yards, and they were first against the rush last year. Wow, that's interesting considering they have such a top cornerback and uh, interesting offense or defensive line. It's interesting because you would pick one of the other teams in the division to be, you know, that good defensively. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So this team seems to have a lockdown defense, um, even though they are going to be hurting with the loss of Docket. Do uh, you think their offense can? Um, Carry them to the next step. I mean, they did win six games last year. I mean, it, ten games. Apologies. Ten games. I can see them going, taking a step back, especially if they haven't improved that offensive line. I think that's key. For right now, they they seem like another typical Carson Palmer offense, where he's got some good receivers around him, a decent running back, and an O line that just can't. Hold together for him and keep him upright. So, ten games seems like a tough task to duplicate, considering that division they, in which they play. The division of hell, right? It's the best division in football, bar none. But that defense is pretty solid, especially with Peterson, and the special teams is solid with Peterson as a returner as well. And they could very conceivably they could alternate between him and Tyrone Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a. Tyron Matthew was a pretty dynamic player when he was in LSU. Proved it last year when he was on the field. And off the weed. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go with their schedule. Um, this is ridiculous. Uh, they have they start with San Diego, then New York Giants, and San Francisco, and then they're buys in week four. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's a killer. That means they play the next, what, 13 games without a day off. 
without a week off. After the bye, they take on Denver, Washington, Oakland, Philadelphia, Dallas, St. Louis, Detroit, Seattle, Atlanta, Kansas City, St. Louis, Seattle, San Francisco. Good Lord. I can see them going 2-1 and one <laughs> up into the bye week in week four. I guess, well, they're going to be, they're probably going to go 2-4, and 3-2 in the division. I feel like I say that about every team. I, man, it just sucks having your bye week that early. That really kills you going down the stretch. Especially when uh, your last, let's see, last five games are against Seattle, who won the Super Bowl, Atlanta, who we all expect to be better, Kansas City, who made the playoffs last year, St. Louis, who was 7-9, and nine, Seattle again, and then San Francisco. That's a murderer's roll right there. See what I mean? Ten games does seem like a stretch at it this really point. It does seem like a stretch. Just, oh, that is a killer. We have Ooh. You kind of feel bad for a team like that as well, for any team, really. Yeah, that, they were really at good this point. last year. And the schedule is brutal. Hey, come back from your bye week and you get to take on Denver. That's awesome. <laughs> um, anything else you think about the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, I wish them all the best. <laughs> That's about it. That's all you I wish them the best in their future endeavors. That's what you have to say? Absolutely. Pretty much, yeah. Alright, so let's see. It goes to the over-under for Arizona is seven and a half wins. Wow, that's... I guess they uh, felt... <laughs> could, could see the devastation that the early bye week can bring as well with those odds. That seems... I mean, they won ten games. That seems just about right for them, though, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I would probably say over mm-hmm. because I see them going eight and eight this year. I think they take two steps back in the win column and finish up 8-8. Eight and eight. They have a good chance to, you know, get started or, you know, get started uh, off, get started off the right foot early in the season, but, you know, they're handicapped by that, you know, week four bye. So, I think a 2-1 and one start is, is possible by week and then after that. So, it's going to be <laughs> it gets a tough hard. task. <laughs> Tough test. It gets hard really fast. Um, I'm going under. I'm picking them to go seven and nine. I really, I still think they're a really good team. I just think, look at that schedule and you look at their division. I mean, seven might be optimistic with this team. That is a lot to play, especially when you're missing one of your stalwarts on your defensive line. I don't expect them to be first in rush again this upcoming year without Docket, and I hope that he comes back healthy. But ah, man, that really sucks for them. It seems like they were getting ready to take the next step forward and, you know, burst into the playoffs until that happened. And I still – I don't trust their offensive line. No. All right, so both you're going over, I'm going under. Finally, a disagreement. It only took two podcasts. They finally disagreed. All right, so next team up is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, let's see. They agree. They signed Antoine Patheas to a four-year contract. Signed Brandon Lloyd to a one-year contract. Suppose. I mean, they made some signings. Go ahead, talk real quick. But I've always liked San Francisco uh, as a, as a team in general. I've you know I was always a Steve Young fan back in the nineties. Obviously, 
can't deny the greatness that was Joe Montana and his connections with Jerry Rice early on. So, you know, San Francisco is one of those teams that has kind of built that legacy over time where they've, uh, they're pretty much expected to compete mm-hmm. when they have all the pieces in place. And this year really is no exception, although I think there's a little too much drama to my liking with this team. How so? Harbaugh, their, their coach Jim Harbaugh is in the middle of contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. They, and those don't seem like they're going smoothly. And he's very outspoken just in general. So you have to imagine that there's going to be some words exchanged during the season. There were rumors on the offseason that he was um, up to be tra- traded for a first round pick. Right. So that I think didn't it's help. the Browns, maybe? Yeah. That didn't help matters. And I'm still not completely sold on Kaepernick. He got a big contract over the, over the offseason. He has a cannon of an arm. Mm-hmm. He's extremely fast when he's open. He has the longest legs ever seen the quarterback. Yeah, he does. But he just hasn't put it all together yet. And he only with an arm like that, for him to average less than 200 yards a game passing like he did last year is disgusting. And that's, that's your word of the day, isn't it? This is sick that you throw that It's disgusting. I mean, it is. it is not fulfilling that potential that he has in, in, in that arm. Now, this guy is a former baseball player. He knows how to throw. He just, well, he knows how to throw far. He just hasn't really put the accu- accuracy behind it. I just feel like there's someone, you know, banging on the window right now going, there's a difference between throwing a football and a baseball, you fool. You fully, fully fool. Of course, but he has the strength to, to throw a football very far. He just doesn't have the accuracy yet that you would, you know, pray for a guy with that potential to have. And he's got a decent. Well, he's got a good set of receivers. He's got Bolden still. He's coming back for another year. He's got who's the other guy that he has? Well, before you get that, let's just talk about uh, backing you up. The stats back you up. They were thirtieth uh, passing the ball last year. One hundred eighty-six pass passing yards per game. Third in a rush, 137 yards per game. And that's because they have arguably a top five running back mm-hmm. in the backfield from Frank Gore. What's the point of having a, a quarterback like that who is gonna take away it's gonna take away plays from Gore? You know, he needs to work on his pocket game, he needs to sit in the pocket a little more and start working on his accuracy and getting the ball to Bolden. And Vernon Davis, that's the, the tight end I was looking at. Um, I agree with you, but I also agree that what they're doing, they run the ball to keep the pressure off the young guy. I mean, this is this will be Captain Nitt's, what, third year starting? Yeah, but... Yeah, this will be his... Uh, I'm sorry, this will be his fourth year. As how much pressure can a guy like that still be under, considering the, the breakout half season he had two years ago? I mean, he, it's not, he's not going to experience anything... New at this point. I mean, he took them almost to the Super Bowl. You know what brings pressure? Money. That's what brings pressure. When you're getting paid as much as he is, or as much as he's perceived to get paid, because we talked about how quarterback contracts aren't all what they seem. Right. So he has that, I think, seven years, over $120 million contract. Everybody's going to look at him, and if anything goes wrong, the pressure's on him. He's not living up to his contract. 
Well, that's, so it's still that's always a given. Yeah. But you make it seem like it's, this is something that no quarterback has ever experienced. No, I'm not all, saying, all I'm saying that, it's, that it's probably different for him because he's never been... He, I'm guessing he's never been paid this much in his life. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. And uh, we'll see. Talked about the wide the receiving core, Antoine Bolin, the other guy you mentioned, Michael Crabtree. Crabtree. Uh, who's probably his favorite receiver. I mean, the, the offense last year kind of cratered when Crabtree got hurt. Uh, Vernon Davis, tight end, and Frank Their running back situation is great. They got Frank Gore. They drafted Carlos Hyde in this year's draft, and they still have uh, Marcus Lattimore from last year coming off a gruesome leg injury yeah. from two years ago in college. So even if Frank Gore were to falter for any reason, age, injury, I, I think Hyde or Lattimore could step in and perform 75% of what Frank Gore would do. Which is still a lot considering Gore does way more than most running backs mm-hmm. currently. That's very true. Uh, defensive side, last year the 49ers were 7th against the pass and 4th against the run. This was a, do we like to say dominant defense? Without a doubt. Still only the second best defense in the division. Um, what do you have to say? Do you know any other starters besides Justin Smith? Alden Smith. Oh, no. Do we want to talk about Alden Smith? Is he suspended? I believe so. Okay, that's a huge blow then. If he's if he's still on the shelf with that suspension. Uh, let me check. Continue to I think he's suspended for four games. But basically, yeah, the Smith the Smith boys. I mean, they're they're like the pro wrestling version of the Dudley boys, black and white. And they consider consider themselves brothers. Oh, he has not been suspended yet, but the 49ers are expecting him to be suspended somewhere between six to eight games. Man, that's devastating for that team. And because he's only like 23, 24 years old, he's and he's already a monster. He's twenty four. You're correct. It's just cocaine with hell of a drug. Yes. Uh, we're not like saying it. he's on cocaine, damn it! I don't want anybody hit us for libel. But <laughs> when you let your off the field life disturb your playing life, uh, you're going to be Roger Goodell's bringing the hammer down on you. That's all I can say. Um, we wish him well. Uh, Turn yeah. it around. Sure. You don't sound too uh, happy about that. Like, yeah, to admit, you know, he has to live with his choices, making that kind of money. I, I don't feel any sympathy for him. I'll, I'll just say it right now. Him and Josh Gordon, I have no sympathy for. You have no sympathy for people who have who are addicts, are you? No, not everybody. But guys who are in the position that they're in, who have the resources that most addicts don't, can't feel sympathy for that. I have a comment, but I'm gonna leave it for another day. Not, uh, even, yeah. not even going into this. It's a, it's another debate, really. But uh-huh. and it sucks because he is such a good player. I mean, he is on the verge of, of helping his team take that next step, get back to the Super Bowl, and actually win a Super Bowl. They have a legitimate chance this year of winning the Super Bowl if they can put all their drama to the side with with the coaching situation. If everybody comes in with a good attitude, and they have their entire defense intact, and that includes Alden Smith. Wow. They won't include him for somewhere between six to eight games. Uh, yeah, and that's a shame. Just hope that it's back up. Who is Smith's back up? Michael Wehote? 
never heard of him, <laughs> hope he can stand up and, um, you know, provide some kind of impact for whoever how long uh, Smith is <laughs> suspended. Sorry, people. Um, so we talk about the offense, even the slow their schedule. Start the year against Dallas, head to Chicago, Arizona, Philadelphia, Kansas City, St. Louis, Denver, and then their buys in week eight. That's a pretty tough schedule Again, to start the season. It's just, woof, Yeah, one more time. When you go to the playoffs, you're the season next year is just hell. It's um, like they're trying to keep them out of the playoffs yeah, at this point. Well, that's because NFL wants parity, so you're a good team last year, you get a difficult schedule the next year, and, and if you're a terrible team, you get an easier schedule. Parody, you gotta love it. Um, after the break. Yeah, it's always Denver and <laughs> New England in the AFC title hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. Hey, parody can do nothing if you have bad owners and bad coaches and bad players. You only do so much. After the bye week is St. Louis, New Orleans, New York Jets, I'm sorry, New York Giants, Washington, Seattle, Oakland, Seattle, San Diego, and Arizona. Well, without without going through without break without breaking down every game that they have on the schedule, mm-hmm. I still say no matter how tough that schedule looks on paper, they're good enough to win a vast majority of those games and get right back into the playoff hunt. I agree wholeheartedly. So, you want to take a look at their over under? It's one of the highest that we've had so far. Over under for San Francisco, ten and a half wins. I'm gonna say under, and I'm gonna say they go ten and six. Especially if you lose a guy like Alden Smith for half the season, it's not good. I mean, it's gonna be a, like I said, a devastating blow to that team. And I know it's just one guy, but it's one guy who had over twenty sacks in one season. It's a guy who is. Young and uh, a major, a guy who's who's young and a major component to your to your whole defensive scheme. I agree. I think I have to go with you, go under it as well. Ten and six. Yeah, why not? We do ten and six as well. This and um, Smith is going to hurt. Also, what's going to hurt is um, sorry, <coughs> you know. If anybody gets injured, I mean, their offensive line has been is great. Their defense line is great. Just it's hard to expect that excellence year in and year out for what will be going on the fourth year. But maybe something will finally falter. Agree? Disagree? Well, because like I said, because it's San Francisco and they've just kind of had that legacy. It seems like they had a they had a during the late nineties and mid two thousands. They did have that lull where they were. Pretty bad team. They struggled off and on, but I think they've rebounded since Jim Harbaugh took over. And so, while I don't think it's difficult to continue that to continue that streak of, of excellence under his leadership, the only way that it's that they do start to falter is one with the absence of, of Alden Smith and with the attitude of the head coach of Jim Harbaugh. If he's gonna let whatever you know. Negotiations, contract negotiations that he's going through with the organization get in the way, get in his way in any capacity, mm-hmm. then it's going to affect the team as a whole. And that's going to, that's what's going to uh, derail this team or 
veer them off the tracks ever so slightly. Alright, time to move on to the third team division. The defending world champion Seattle Seahawks. Over the offseason, uh, let's see what they did. They re-signed uh, Coach Pete Carroll to a three-year contract extension through 2017. Re- uh, re-signed Earl Thomas for a four-year contract extension to 2018. And I, of course, I am missing the big one. They uh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Do they gave him a four-year deal? Yeah, four-year contract extension. At the time, making him the highest-paid cornerback until I think it was Pearson took away. Pearson or Hayden? I can't remember. Uh, Again, what else is there to say? They're the defending champions. They're the defending champions. And as long as they don't let their egos get ahead of them, they've got a good chance of repeating or at least contending again. But I feel like this team talks a little too much even before they won the title. And ultimately that, that tends to bite teams back at some point down the line. And it could very well be this year. I mean, instead of talking about how great that team is, more times than not, you'll hear about who Richard Sherman is targeting this week, who he's bad-mouthing this week. And it's not just, oh, I'm going to crush this guy on the field. It's, oh, this guy doesn't deserve to get paid this kind of money. And he's, he's sticking his nose in other people's business that Frankly, he doesn't need to, to comment on. All right, we'll save your Richard Sherman discussion. Uh, we'll get to defense. Offensively, in last year, 16th and uh, 26th in passing yards, 202 a game. Fourth in rushing hard, rushing yards, 136 yards a game. So they are a ground and pound team behind um, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, they got Christine Michael and Robert Turbin. Uh, Marshall Lynch just came back to mini camp. I mean, to training camp about a week ago. He was trying to hold out for his running. I think running backs should always try to hold out for more money as long as they can until they hit to hit thirty. Yeah, I believe Marshall Lynch is now over thirty. I'm checking on his age real quick, but well, they. Oh no, he's only twenty eight. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's younger than I thought it was. reaching that peak. This is an offense that. Is similar to San Francisco in the sense that they have it goes like the run as the running game goes. Absolutely, and they have a quarterback. The only difference is that their quarterback doesn't have the arm that Kaepernick does. Russell Wilson doesn't. <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Doesn't have the arm that Colin Kaepernick possesses. Um, he's not as big as Kaepernick, so mm-hmm. if he were to scramble and run the ball, his the risk of him getting injured is a little bit higher than it would be Kaepernick, who that is true. built like a guy that could run you over if he needed to. That's true, but Russell Wilson doesn't really run out of the pocket too much. Whenever you see him scrambling, it's mostly the buy time in the backfield, try to uh, let receivers get open. Uh, he has Doug Baldwin, Percy Harvin, Zach Miller. Um, some of these guys I've never heard of. Kevin Norwood. Was a tight, uh, right, 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 right. Jermaine Curse, I don't know him. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, this is a guy who makes his receivers better. I think um, he might not have the arm that Captain Nick does, but he definitely had. He definitely has the uh, accuracy. Right, but and it seems like they, you know, Pete Carroll has his mindset, and he has 
decided to build his offense around his running game. Mm-hmm. And so the accuracy is there when Russell Wilson needs it, but they don't utilize it as much. So I say it's a thing. Who has a better year this year, Russell Wilson or Colin Kaepernick? By define better year. Okay. Statistically? Statistically. Okay. We'll go uh, uh, passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions. I think that's the three we should go with. Anything else you want to think of? I think Kaepernick... I think Kaepernick leads all three categories. Really? Yeah. Because I think they're going to open up the ball a little more than Seattle typically does, which is going to allow more chances for him to throw interceptions. But he still has the arm to put yards on the on the board and put touchdowns in the end zone. I smell a bet coming. You want to put a bet? Russell Wilson versus Colin Kaepernick? I'm down for it. All right. I got Wilson. I got Kaepernick. We're going with passing yards, touchdowns, and interception. Early lows. I'm trying to write this down, but I have no idea how to spell Kaepernick, and no one else does. Just write Cap. Yeah, there we go. With a K. All right. Been on. First football bet of the season. Um, so you think Wilson leads all three of those categories? At least two. I can see him having more touchdowns and uh, fewer interceptions. Just because I think he's a more accurate quarterback. Um, so then you're saying he's going to have a better year. That's what I think. Okay. Uh, let's go to the defensive side. He, he, he. Seattle Seahawks. Defense last year. First in, uh, against the pass, seventh against the run. They have every piece of the puzzle to duplicate those those statistics. But I think, again, there's going to be... Okay, well... We go with your Richard Sherman. Talk, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about Richard, okay, I think about Sherman, Sherman is that he talks too much. Mm-hmm. And he's too talented to waste his breath on that kind of talk. He just... let his, He needs to just let his, his body of work and let his skills go out and do the talking for him. He doesn't need to trash talk people because he's already that good. Can I ask you a question? Go Let's go to wrestling for a second. When CM Punk was calling himself the best in the world, did you have a problem with it? Kind of, because I didn't think he was the best in the world. You just don't like anybody who has confidence in themselves, apparently. Everybody should be just quiet and play the game. I love I like Richard Sherman. I like their entire uh, def- defensive back. Sherman, Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and um, Maxwell, Brian Maxwell. I think Earl Thomas is the best safety in the league. Sherman is the best cornerback in the league, and I like the fact that they're mouthy. I like the fact that they're they're going to hit you in the mouth, and if you don't like it, do something about it. I think there's going to be teams that are going to do something about it this year, and I think that they are absolutely a great defense. I'm not arguing the, the, the ability that this defense has. They obviously can be the best defense in all of football again this year. But I think you just, at some point, running your mouth as much as they do is, is bound to catch up to them. Whether it happens this year remains to be seen, but you never know. It could very well happen this year. And Sherman is, is so good, and he had such a good year last year, that you, you know that offenses are going to start throwing away from him 
this year. They're not going to whether whether or not his you know he's covering the best receiver on the opposing team. Whatever happens, they're still going to throw the op- on the opposite side of him. So that's going to hurt him. And really, he had a great year to get the team to the Super Bowl, but he really didn't do much in the Super Bowl. They didn't have to do much in the Super Bowl. Everybody else did it. Right, but he's he he has asserted himself as, as the face of that defense. He is the face of that defense. When you think Seattle Seahawks, you think Richard Sherman first. I hear Richard Sherman first. You think Richard Sherman first because <laughs> he's the best player in the league. He's the best defense player in the league as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that at all. You just say, I don't, I don't like your mouth. I don't like your talking. You know just who, shut up and play. That's all I want to see. Who's the best cornerback of all time? Oh, Dion. Did Dion ever shut up? Yeah, but Richard Sherman is not the best cornerback of all time. He's the best cornerback in the game right now. I guess. And when he was talking all that trash, it, you know, from what I remember, I wasn't a big fan of it either. But he's you can't argue. It doesn't matter how good he is. It really doesn't because if he's, he's, he's that good already. Nobody's arguing the talent that these guys possess. Nobody's arguing that. I just want these guys to shut up and play. And there's nothing wrong with that. He comes, he plays, he talks Matt, and no one can stop him. It's an awesome little combo. Okay, um, let's, no, let's give a little love to the defensive line. I mean, when everybody, like we say, people think of the Seahawks, they think of the secondary, but their defensive line is pretty good. Michael Bennett, Tony McDaniels, uh, Cliff Averill, and then the linebackers, KJ White uh, and Bobby Wagner, they're pretty good up front as well. I know everybody thinks about the Legion of Boom and the hard hits, but, you know, this is a, a solid football team from front to back. Yeah, I mean, you you have to be able to do something if you're ranked 7th overall in, uh, in running against, stop, the run. against the run. So, yeah, this defense is outstanding. They have every, every shot of being the number one defense again this year. So... It won't surprise me when it happens. All right, let's go with their schedule. They again have the week four bye. Uh, they start the year off with Green Bay, San Diego, and Denver. Then the bye. Then they come back and take on Washington, Dallas, St. Louis, Carolina, Oakland, New York, Kansas City, Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia, San Francisco again, Arizona, and St. Louis. I thought when you are the best team the year before, you get a stronger. Tougher schedule doesn't seem that tough for for Seattle at least. The first few like three games sound tough, but after that it's kind of smooth sailing. I think. You think uh, St. Louis, Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Arizona, and St. Louis. <laughs> Look at those last five. Uh, what's that? Yeah, sixth game: Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia, San Francisco again, Arizona, St. Louis. That's their last five games. I mean, six games. Yeah. You I mean, think that's it. easy. They did it last year. Again, this is the best division in the entire league, and you think that schedule right there is easy. For Seattle? I mean, they, it has to be, or else they wouldn't talk as much as they do. That's what it comes back to. I think they have a chance to, I mean, really wreck shop on the league again this year. Look how they look how they play at home. They they don't lose at home, so that's eight wins right there already. I mean, they're starting out at almost guaranteed eight wins. 
Uh, I still think they're the best team in the league, and you just you just don't like their mouthiness. If the Texans were mouthy, if JJ Watt was mouthy, would you have a problem with that? Yes. I mean, they'd still be my team, but I would prefer them to just shut up and play. Why? I don't know. Because I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm, just not a big fan of all that. Because it's it, because when it, when you get embarrassed, when it does come back to bite you and you get embarrassed, that's horrible. That's a horrible feeling. Has this happened ever happened to you? Of course, it happens to everybody. You when you get loud and someone hurts you and you get hurt, you lose something. You get quiet. Richard Sherman's kind of guy that says that congratulates his opponent and then starts talking about the next guy. That's what he is. I, I haven't know. seen it because they've been that good. I haven't seen them lose yet. Okay. Um, Seattle over for wins is eleven. Oh, they're going over. I see them going thirteen and three. Well, they went thirteen and three last year. Are you picking the same record? Yeah, absolutely. Oh no! What about all their smack talk? Won't that be a distraction? It could, but until then, until it happens, they are the strongest team in the division. I'm picking over as well. I picked them to go twelve and four. Not only are they, I think they're the best team in the division, I think they're the best team in the entire NFC. You understand? Uh, you understand uh, what how I stand, right? Yes, you are up there, Roger Goodell, the no fun league. Don't don't celebrate. Don't spike the ball to touchdown. Just just do your job. Pick up your lunch pail. Okay, here's, here's the problem that I had with was it uh, Sherman? Uh huh. Was it earlier in the off season? He was talking down to was it Patrick Peterson when they asked him if he should be paid a certain amount of money? Uh-huh. Okay, during the off season, you know, like I said, didn't he? Uh, wasn't he asked about whether or not Patrick Peterson should be paid a certain amount of money? Yes. Okay. And what what did he say about that? No, because he's not the best cornerback in the league. Okay, regardless. You know what he should have said? Why are you asking me this stupid question? Next question, please. They asked him a question. He gave an answer. He shouldn't have answered it. He should have just said, move on. Why are you asking him? What is the point of asking him that question? Because if he doesn't answer the question, they're going to sit there and say, oh, he didn't answer the question. That must mean that he doesn't want, he doesn't think that uh, Pearson should get paid as much as he did. Either, no matter what he said, people were going to interpret it some kind of way. So he should have just taken the high road and not answered at all and let them interpret it. Why? Because what what, what good does it serve to get in another man's business and and... And affect another man's paycheck. I wouldn't do that. It's not going to affect his paycheck. He gets paid no matter what Sherman says. Doesn't matter, man. I mean, what right does he have to do that? Would you appreciate someone bad mouthing you and, and affecting your paycheck? How they? How would anybody? If you're not talking to someone who pays me, how's that affecting the paycheck? Patrick Peterson was not talking to whoever runs the Cardinals. No, he wasn't. no. I'm sorry. Sherman wasn't talking to the owner of the Cardinals about Peterson getting paid. Right. They, that has nothing to do with Peterson. I mean, that has nothing to do with Sherman. Whoever runs the Cardinals, they decide how much Peterson gets paid. Not, oh, we saw Richard Sherman on first take, so we're not going to pay you $70 million. How do you know that they're not going to take that into consideration? Who would? You, you don't know that. Yeah, apparently he didn't because he got paid. He did. Fortunately, he did. I, I appreciate that he got paid. But it's like, it, it just it doesn't seem right to, to talk about another man's paycheck. I, I just, you know, that's that's how I feel. Obviously, I'm in the minority on this because everybody loves Richard Sherman. So, but you know, the minority needs to to have a voice too. And that's a shitty attitude he took to Peterson. Regardless, 
regardless if Peterson got paid. And that's that's what the minority needs to say, man. So, anyways. You just don't like loud athletes. Let's just put that right out there. I really don't. I really don't. And so, I think ultimately, you know, one day, may not happen this year. You know, obviously, it may not happen this year. But eventually, it's going to come back, and someone's going to, you know, punch these guys right in the face. And it's not going to feel great. It's going to be a, a bad taste in the mouth. And, and a team like that, that that's that as good as, as they are or as, plays as well as they do, you hate to see that. And that one day when they finally get punched in the mouth, you know what they can do? They can look back at their Super Bowl ring and be okay with it. Most teams aren't. Winning cures everything. So let's move on to our last team before I punch you in the mouth. Uh, St. Louis Rams. Last year the Rams finished, where did they finish? 7-9, which is much higher than I expected for that team, that division. Well, they have an established veteran head coach who uh, brings a defensive mind to his scheme. They uh, named Greg Williams a defensive coordinator. And what these they ex- exercise the option on defensive end Robert Quinn, which is nice of them. Who Robert Quinn, probably the second best defensive lineman in the league, right behind JJ Watt. Yeah, we might zoom through this because we don't have much to say about the Rams. Um, it's okay. Last year the Rams were twenty seventh, uh, twenty seventh in passing, nineteen in rushing. Quick, name the running back. You said quick. I don't have an answer. Name their quarterback. Sam Bradford. Name their wide receivers. I don't Time's up. Yeah. You failed. Running back, uh, Zach Stacy. Zach Stacy. Okay. Who looks, you ever see a profile picture? Looks like he has um, no neck. Uh, he's a, it's like a, like a little box running on the field. Wide <laughs> receiver, Chris Givens and, what's your name? Austin Pettis. Pettis. I got nothing on their offense. No, they don't. Just a high-priced quarterback. Yeah, the only reason that Sam Bradford is still on this team is because he makes way too much money for them to cut. Is this the last year of his deal? I believe so. Okay. So, it's Bozo. That old rookie contract from the old CBA is really hampering this team. Otherwise, they could have just... um, they would, have let, they would have let him go a long time ago. They would have let him go, what, two years ago and just drafted RG3 if they could have. Yep. Jeez, um, I got nothing on their offense. I mean, 27th in the past and 19th against the run. And they really didn't go out there and sign anybody. And I'm looking at their draft. They draft a couple of offensive tackles, and that's about it. It wasn't... Wasn't something that you write home to mama about. No, not at all. And they they're working on one side of the ball at this point, and until they balance it out with a, an offensive with an offense that um, can be a threat, then they're going to be close. I mean, they'll probably finish at the bottom of the of the, uh, the division. Yeah, I got nothing else on offense. You know, let's go with their defense. Yeah. All right, defense is a much more exciting. Uh, they're 19th against the pass and 9th against the rush. Nope. Defensively, Jake Long, who really came into his own. I'm sorry, I'm on the offensive page. 
Well, Jake Long is still a great offense title. Chris Long, Robert Quinn, uh, their two ends, two of the top ten uh, ends in all of football, they are at times dominant. Um, also, like, uh, what's his name? James Laronitis. Why do I feel like he went to Notre Dame? Did he? I think he went to Penn State. Oh, you're right. Penn yeah. State. No, Ohio State. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is state school. That's yeah, for sure. We got that right. Went to some kind of state. Um, thoughts on the defense? Has the makings of uh, really good. Almost great defense. Um, they've got a head coach who, and Jeff Fisher, who is a defensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. They have an off, a defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, who's finally going to be able to coach after being suspe- he was suspended all last year, right? Yes, for that the bounty gate, that stupid bounty gate. And he had he had great success with New Orleans. Back during his time there, so I don't. And, and he's. It seems like he has a better defense to work with this time around. So they're going to stop the run. They're going to be a good defense. They just aren't going to have anything to balance it out and get you know victories. Help get victories, unfortunately. You know, I'm looking at the timer, and we're like reaching 46 minutes. That's when we like to wrap this up. Thank you, thank you for the. Uh, St. Louis Rams for helping us wrap it up because we have nothing to say about. It. Yeah, I mean, um, the most is going to be good. Offense poor. The, the most interesting thing about the, the Rams is something that is kind of off the field, but it's Michael Sam. Is he going to make the team out of uh, training camp? And then after that, I mean, if he doesn't make the team, then they're just going to be a, a forgotten team. Nobody's going to care about. Them. Uh, I think he makes the team, but he's going to be mostly on special teams. Yeah, I mean, being a runner down on kickoffs—that's about it. The only time that people are going to care about what he does on the field is if he, basically, if someone gets hurt and he has to start, or if he blocks a punt or a, a kick and scores a touchdown. That's about it. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be another face on the team until he gets his opportunity to, to play every day. I feel sorry for Rams fans because we don't talk about their team, but then again, right now they're watching the Cardinals. They're fine. And we don't have any Rams fans for this thing anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our over-under. Let's get this over with. They're over-under seven and a half. Uh, I'm sure they went seven and nine. Seven and nine? They'll probably go under and finish six and ten. Okay, under six and ten. Look at this team. Which is sad because their defense is good enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I completely forgot. <laughs> forgot to go through the schedule. Um, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Dallas. Then a week four by. Uh, three out of four teams in the division have a week four by. Um, and then Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, Kansas City, San Francisco, Arizona, Denver, San Diego, Oakland, Washington, Arizona, New York, Seattle. Yeah, six and ten. Sounds about right. Geez, they can start those first three games three and oh. But then after that, not much else. Look, they just don't have the offense to, to hang with those teams. Yeah, especially the teams in their division. Yeah. But I'm looking at the rest of these teams. New York. You know what? I'm going over. I say they go 8-8. Eight eight. They just barely squeaked out. 
It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's it's a two game difference from what I went with. So it, you know, two games is not. Um, you know, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like they would be that difficult. And they went seven and nine last year with um, Ke- Kellen Clemens playing for them. Uh, Stan Bradford stays healthy for all sixteen games or fifteen games, whatever it may be. They should be better offensively. I mean, he he was having a nice year before he got hurt. So um, I'm going eight eight. A little optimistic in uh, St. Louis. Sure, they all optimism they can get right now. That's another. That's a whole another podcast. Yep. All right. So we wrapped up the NFC West. So there's only one more division to do in the NFC. I'm going to the Dirty South. Ooh, hope you stick else? around for it, guys. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say, player? Uh, just once again, thank you as always for tuning in and keep an ear out because our next episode will be coming up shortly. Mm-hmm. So we uh, thank you. Thanks for all the love and support out there. And uh, see you next time. All right. For Anthony and Richard Sherman, the best in the world. This is a Quincy. Later, babies.